Welcome to the After Chat. I'm Michael. I'm Ellis. I'm Madison. And today we are going to be talking about, well, when anxiety spirals. Mm. There we go. Y'all ready? <laughs> ready. <laughs> Let's do it. Welcome to the After Chat. Real questions. Real talk. Real life. So, where's everybody's favorite place to eat? Like, mine changes over time. So, like, what, what, like, what, where's your favorite place now? Currently, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I also feel like I cover this topic a lot. <laughs> so, I'm for, Subway? for the sake of not repeating, <laughs> let me go down the list. Um, Racing Cane's just opened in Midlothian. Has anybody been? I chicken went. Place? I've not. I oh, went is that off- the chicken strip joint? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah, no, yeah. I've seen it, but I've not been. Yeah. I went off of your recommendation. It is very good. It get, was it was good. Get the bread for the side. The bread is. Get the bread. Get, get the, the bread. bread. Get that bread. Get that bread. <laughs> yeah. Chicken's hit or miss, but the bread is on point. Honestly, <laughs> it is that good. Mm, the and bread. It, it yeah. It's like what, toast. What? It's like garlic toast, basically. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's good. There we go. Yeah, it's not my favorite restaurant, though. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not um, really mine either. I just didn't want to repeat the oh, same one. Oh, I'm sorry. You, know, so. you had a list. No, no, no. I, I wasn't going to go you. down the list. Like, just keep going back on YouTube, and you'll see all the <laughs> other ones I mentioned. So, mm. no, I'm just only going to mention that one for now. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Also, very classic, basic. I'm sorry, Chick Fil A. I know mm. I said it with the favorite sandwich question that it was mm. Chick Fil A, but. It, I'm sorry. You're good. I'm You're sorry. Good. You're good. We're just everybody just type shame in the comments. At least it was now instead of later. That was my afternoon <clears throat> prayer alarm that I will reschedule. <laughs> I looked at my calendar before I set that. Okay. Just sorry, re- God. Reschedule prayer real quick. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I like Chick Fil A too. Like, so one of my favorite sandwiches from there. So, oh, we're not cutting. No, we're not. Okay, no. <laughs> this, is, this is real talk. We're all we're already this far in. Yeah. So, like my favorite my one of my favorite sandwiches from Chick Fil A, spicy chicken. Yes. All right, with bacon. Mm. All right, so you get the bacon on there. Then you order a side of mac and cheese. Put the mac and cheese on the sandwich. Hit it with a little bit of that Polynesian sauce. I'm telling you, I okay, know. Okay, I'm sorry you lost me at the Polynesian yeah, sauce. Yeah, I know. It doesn't sound like it would be good, but I'm telling you, I saw a, a picture of that sandwich on Facebook, then thought about it for six months, and then decided I was going to go get it, put it all together in the car, and crushed it and loved it. Now I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit intrigued. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> try it. Try it. It's good. Yeah, one of those situations. Mm. But I'm telling you, I like, saw, I, I saw, mean, you're going to be sick for three days, but it's going to be fantastic. It'll be worth it. Yeah. Uh, I saw, like, a while ago people were talking about getting nuggets and fries and, like, cutting them up and then, mm. like, putting sauce in. On, it was basically like making Chick-fil-A nachos, but with fries and nuggets oh. and sauce and oh, okay. mac and cheese or, I don't know. It looked really good, but I never tried that one, mm. so I'm going to have to step it up. No, and, try, I, and try your suggestion. Give it a whirl. It is super, super good. All right. I'll let you know. Yep. 
So um, mine, mine, my favorite restaurant changes over time. Like right now, like I'm on this Allen's Chinese kick here in Powhatan. Like I go like years you know, upon years upon years. But like I'm on a sesame chicken situation at the moment <laughs> where I'm getting it like once a week. Like love it. I go, that's me, but with sweet and sour chicken mm. for like maybe a month and then I get bored with it. Yeah. But I just, you know, every few months, I'm just like, all I want is sweet and sour chicken. Yeah. No lie. Before we sat down to record this, my wife texted me and was like, you know what sounds really good right now? Ellen's. And I was like, you know, she doesn't always say that. So I was like, dinner tonight? Mm, I there you go. I'm going to bet right now and you'll have to text me later. This is her order. Okay. Shirley Temple. Yeah. That's safe. That's a safe assumption. Beef and broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna knock that one out of the park. Just let me know. I, I think, think I think I'm gonna guess right. I think it's a safe. Bet. It's the only thing she's ever ordered from Malins. <laughs> but, but the other restaurant that I'm really feeling at the moment is Press Club in Farmville. Oh, I used... their Robin Roberts burger is phenomenal. I haven't been there. When oh, I oh, it's fantastic. When I lived in Farmville, that was my favorite restaurant. Yes. And one time, one time I ordered from them for like delivery food, and I ordered a salad. And what showed up? God knew. God knew. <laughs> what showed up, it was also from that restaurant, but it was two of like their like like breakfast burgers. Mm. And so it was it was a giant burger with fig jam and bacon and a fried egg on top. Yes. Ooh. No, that one's super good. I and forgot like the name of that one, but, but it is super, super good. But the the waffle fries that came with it were sweet potatoes, so I basically still had a salad. But oh, yeah. That counts. Yeah. I mean it's a yam. Yeah, it was like the middle of COVID. God knew I did not need to have a salad. <laughs> <laughs> she needs a blessing. And I got two burgers. Blessing. Two burgers for the price of a salad. No, that burger's phenomenal. But the Robin Roberts one with, uh, I forgot the name of the sauce, but it's a super good sauce. It's like a chutney type Ooh. deal. And it's got bacon, avocado. Like, it's just a delicious, delicious burger. They also just have a really cool atmosphere. They really do. It's a great restaurant. And they do music on, like, live music on the reg. Like, yeah. No, it's a it's an awesome restaurant. If you live near Farmville, you should check out yes. the great local restaurant <laughs> that is Press Club. I'm going to have to go check it I out. I highly recommend it. Yep. Yes. Good choice. No, that's a good one. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be talking about anxiety, how, this, how it affects us, what we do with it. So just to kind of get into that conversation, just, you know, a little little tippy toe into it. So, like, what do you do to decompress after a stressful day? Like you, you got you get in your car, you're done working. Like you've just been like, man, today sucked. <laughs> like, what do you do? I don't know that I have many many days that I end at that point no. at work. I think probably my stressful moments are you know maybe earlier in the day, I guess, and I worked through it at that point. So I'm usually just tired, maybe not stressed, but mm. tired. Um, so I will I leave my shoes on when I get home until everything is like back where it belongs. Um, otherwise what gets me more stressed out is when stuff is chaotic. So I put everything home and then I try to stay off screens and I try to just read. Mm. Um, sometimes I'll get sucked into it. Sometimes it's like fighting, fighting it to actually get into the book, but avoiding social media hmm. and that just helps. reading a good book. Well, the day you described is basically my day yesterday. So okay. last night I went home. I took a hot shower. That's usually step Ooh. one for me. Yeah, I like to you know wash away the day and all that stuff. Then I put on some pajamas because like I'm not kidding, y'all. I'm serious about pajamas. Okay. Yeah. Because but it's like it's like 
the There's signal, a mental switch. Right? Yes. It's like I am done for the day. When I put on pajamas, that's it. I'm shutting it down for the day. So I put on my pajamas. Shut it down. I went out in the living room and watched a little bit of the Princess Diaries because that's what my wife was watching. And I was like, okay, I'm just, I don't want to do anything that doesn't involve heavy thinking about work, right? It's a feel good movie. <clears throat> yes. I popped a bowl of popcorn. I sat there. I watched. And then she decided she was going to go to bed, fired up the Xbox, and then I went to bed. It was great. Mm. So that was the strat. That sounds like a nice night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, usually I, I find it helpful just to talk out loud in the car. Like, mm-hmm. I will turn off, like, I'll just ride in silence, and I'll just be like, usually start with, I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but, like, start, start out just with some sort of God I feel statement. Mm-hmm. Like, that's usually, and then I just verbally diarrhea everywhere, because he's God. He can handle it. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying anything he hasn't heard before. Yeah, so that's true. that's usually what how my decompression starts, and then it's usually some sort of shift into like sweatpants and a t-shirt whenever I get home like that is also a mental switch for me as well yes I just always get into pajamas almost as soon as I get home (laughs) regardless of my stress level I shouldn't have to wear jeans when I'm at home yes yes thank you we can agree on that (laughs) so do you remember the first time you felt anxiety like a do you have a vivid memory I do okay Um, I walked up, I was, I can't remember how old I was, but I was young and I walked up to somebody who from the back I thought was my mom at church was not my mom. Mm. And they, this, this person I'm sure was trying to be very kind, but my child heart took it as they were laughing at me. (laughs) Then I walked Uh. up to the wrong person and I like, I've, I felt like the, like you know, your gut like drops and you're like, Ugh. yeah, vivid mm. memory of that feeling. It's, it's, it's hard for me to pinpoint, honestly, and for reasons that I'll, I'll get into in a little bit. But um, I think the first thing that pops to mind is like anything like in school where you had to talk in front of the class, especially mm. if you had to walk up to the front of the room and do it. That like the sweaty hands and the shaky, yeah. like all that stuff like that. That's the first thing that pops into my brain. I did have I did have one experience. So this was after my first memory, mm-hmm. but I had a like a singing solo when Ooh. I went to private school. I was mostly homeschooled, but I went to private school for like a portion of a school year and I got a solo in the in the <laughs> Christmas concert. Still Just a high point. Like brushing back the hair that's tied up. Um and I was supposed to sing the beginning of the Christmas song, and I sang um, Jack Frost Roasting on an Open Fire, Chestnuts Nipping at Your Nose. Mmm. Nice. Switcheroo situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody seemed to notice, so I think I got away with it, but I was really scared. <laughs> I think for me, I, I mean, I don't have a, like, a distinct I, – I remember a situation where I felt it. But it was, I got lost, like separated from my mom mm-hmm. at like a Walmart or out in, in the Midwest, we had a store called a Pomida, which is kind of like a low rent Walmart at the time. They don't even exist anymore. That's but, a great name. No, it's, it's a, it's a nice one. It sounds, it feels nice coming yeah. out of your mouth. Pomida. Pomida. Yeah. Hit it one time. Pomida. There we go. Like Pomida. <laughs> Come back. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, I got separated from my mom at the Pomida, and I remember walking around yelling, Mom, Mom. Mm. And that's so scary. Yeah, like, so that was a very, 
anxiety-filled moment for me. I so, can imagine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was that was, but the store name that brought back a nice memory though. Pomida. Pomida. All right. Shout so, out Pomida. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever you are, like whoever. <laughs> like. Yeah. So, anyway, so we're gonna talk. So, like we talked about at the beginning, we're gonna be looking at like what it looks like for us whenever anxiety spirals. Mm. So, uh, just. Just to get us kind of going, like, what was your experience with it? Background with anxiety? How did, like, what does it feel like for you whenever you feel it? So I have, um, I, I have been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, but I, I, I have very different experiences when it is situational anxiety versus non-situational anxiety. So sometimes I do just have this underlying current of dread that I'm feeling. Mm. Um, currently, I am on some medication that does really help with that, so I don't have to deal with that um, non-situational anxiety anymore. Um, the situational anxiety is like, I kind of described it earlier, like I feel like my stomach drop and mm. like this sense of dread and um, almost like... Th- almost like I'm fighting the urge to just curl in on myself. Mm. Um, I also, depending on what I'm experiencing, I I can really struggle with hyperventilation. So that's how I, that's how I experience it. My, my background um, is not, there's not a whole lot with it. Just my, my, my parents didn't know a whole lot about anxiety. Um, I, I grew up homeschooled, so I wasn't around people that I felt like I could really relate to on that level um and because of that I developed some really negative coping skills so that's my background (laughs) (laughs) well for me like anxiety and mental illness it wasn't what it was to what it wasn't what it is today Mm -hmm. when I was growing up right so as a child like I we we didn't really talk about it much Mm -hmm. in my in my house um so most of my knowledge or experience with it is like more recent and through others, uh, like friends and people I'm close with today. Mm. But like the last, I would say the last two years maybe, like is where I really start to explore what anxiety looks like for me. And um, so in situations where I'm stressed or overwhelmed, like unpacking, okay, what are the, like identifying what are those feelings and unpacking them is kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. So for me, it looks like, I would say kind of like a fog in my brain. Like mm-hmm. I can't really mm. clearly articulate or uh, pinpoint what my feelings are, what my thoughts are, uh, like a little shortness of breath kind of deal. Mm. I, I used to get like um, like shaky hands yeah. or like I would clench a lot. So things like that um, are kind of what it looks like for me. So We, we had a, like a couple weeks ago, our third service here at Powhatan, the, the power went out in the middle of the service <laughs> terrifying <laughs> um my for those who don't know my job is the tech coordinator here at our Powhatan campus so everything that my job entails lost power and i was in the restroom oh jeez using the restroom <laughs> when the power went out you don't need another visual for that but like i Booked it. I booked it out it, out into. You were running around doing something, <laughs> something important, and for like the rest of the service, because we just kind of continued the best we could. My hands like would not stop shaking. I kind of forgot that's something that I, mm-hmm. I I experienced until you said that. Mm. Hmm. Uh, for me, I think I think whenever I think my first like real 
realization that I, I think that I had like some sort of anxiety developed whenever I was in middle school somewhere. Mm. Like we had a, like a major family trauma that just really, it made my home life chaotic and I just didn't mm. really feel secure in it. And so like, because everything was so up in the air and I didn't know, I, I developed negative coping mechanisms. Hey. <laughs> and I think, I think that does more long-term damage whenever you're experiencing something that you don't know what to do with yeah. as a kid. Oh yeah. Um, and then it all kind of went on the back burner. Like, I think I just kind of grew out of it, like as high school went on and I went into adulthood. But whenever I got out of the military and I had, I've mentioned here before, like I went to Iraq and got flesh eating disease and all of the things. Um, and I got out and I just developed a real issue with PTSD and social anxiety. Mm. And so it was in that like late mid to late twenties where it all really kind of fired up and I still had all of those negative coping mechanisms Hmm. in place. And so that just kind of lasted for a long time, but it really feels kind of like what you mentioned a minute ago. If it's really high stress, it feels like I'm hyperventilating. I get shortness of breath. um, And it just, and I get just racing thoughts of like all of the things that could possibly go wrong. Like I start just doing a series of if then statements, but in like, hyperspeed like in my mind I think the most annoying thing with with the way that I experience anxiety is that sometimes I sometimes it doesn't kick in until after the thing has already happened Mm -hmm. and then I'm like well what's the point of this (laughs) (laughs) I I was I was driving the other day and I I was with my friend and I hit a patch of ice and I couldn't avoid it and I could feel my car going one way and then going and there was an oncoming car totally flipped out and I just started yelling Jesus it worked (laughs) (laughs) he heard me (laughs) Um, but like afterwards the the thing had already been like it had already happened we were okay and I started hyperventilating while driving and I had to pull over and she had to take over driving I'm like what I got through it. Mm-hmm. I did it. It's just, it can be really annoying. Especially whenever you're in the middle of it and you realize in your mind that it's not rational. Yeah. Yes. Like, like, that's this what's isn't probably, anything. yes, that's what's the most frustrating. Because before, like, it would just happen and I couldn't, like, separate my thoughts from what I was feeling. Like, yeah. it was all intertwined. But once you have been working through how to cope with it in a more healthy way, you begin to differentiate, like, what you're experiencing from what you know to be true. Mm. At least that's kind of my thing with it. And I'm mm. just like... I'm still getting there. <laughs> and, and so for me, it's like, why is my body doing this whenever I I know that it doesn't need to? Yep. Yeah. I get that, too. Like, <laughs> sometimes it's like, my brain is like, okay, like, this happened. There's nothing you can do about it. So... Stop. <laughs> like, stop reacting, yes. essentially. And, the, you know, everything else is not stopping. And it's like, <laughs> so, like, on top of everything else, you're in this state of, like, what's going on? Like, I don't... Yes. It's like, I, yeah, it's, it's... It's maddening. It's... I can't even put words to it, yes. really. So, there you go. Just a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of those. That works. <laughs> Sometimes. Before we get into the back half of this uh, yep. discussion, take a look at this clip. God never promises that he will just give you whatever you want, whatever you ask for, but he does promise to give you what you most need. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Would I like for all my problems to go away, to never have any problems again, ever? Oh, you bet I would. And would I like to never be anxious about anything at all? Of course, and you would too. But we're grown-ups. That's not gonna happen. We know that's not gonna happen. Jesus, in fact, told his followers, you're gonna have trouble. He predicted it. It's certainly been true in my life and in the life of every follower of Jesus I've ever met. So since we know that problems and challenges and even crises are going to come our way, and since we all know that life is hard sometimes, and since we know by experience that life does not always work out the way that we want, what can we do? Well, when we're anxious, we can, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present our requests to God, and then we have access to the greatest gift, the peace of God that will blow people's minds, including yours, the kind of peace that makes no sense, the kind of peace that will stop people in their tracks while they stand in front of you, jaw on the ground, and say something like, how is it that you can have peace in a moment like this? So like Brian was saying, we have access when we're feeling anxious um, and overwhelmed to the peace of God. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, obviously an incredible gift. We also have some tools that we can implement and use in our lives to help us deal with this too. So we figured we would share some of those with Mm y'all. So I'll go first. Um, Like I was saying a little bit before, I'm just now kind of coming to a place where I'm like, okay, anxiety is present enough in my life for me to take it seriously Mm -hmm. and to kind of try some tools um, Mm -hmm. and see what works for me. So these feel super basic to me, but this is kind of what I'm working with right now. Yeah. So first of all, count slowly down from 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. A classic. When yep. you're like, you're hyperventilating, you're feeling like it, and your heart's pounding real fast, I think that is a really quick and easy one to try to bring that down a little bit right off the bat. The second one is something I just ordered from Amazon. It's a four-pack of these little stress balls. Right Ooh. And they have little like sayings on them. This one says, take a deep breath. And there are other ones that are like, be calm be quiet, and something something else like that. Mm. So anyway, I have four of them at home. I only remembered to bring one because I carry one in my backpack. But um, Are we all going to give that bad boy a try? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. So anytime I feel, like I mentioned earlier, I like will get shaky or fidgety with my hands. Yes. Yeah. So I like to have something for my hands uh, that I can kind of hang on to and uh, not, you know, destroy my fingernails or anything like yeah. that. So. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Those are kind of the two things that I'm that I'm trying out right now. I think they're working pretty well, and I'm like also exploring. Well, what else is out there? What I, what can I try? Cool. So, yeah. so so for me, what it looks like, like whenever I start to feel some sort of way, like I said, like whenever I was on the Kuwaiti Iraqi border, and whenever I came back from from over there, I just had a it it really triggered a whole bunch of things, and I've dealt with it in a very unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. But so whenever I first came to Jesus, but I, and I still kept feeling those things. It was, okay, so what do I do with these emotions? Like, I can't just, like, think my way through them. There's physical responses to it. So much like what Madison said, like, I had to, I had to go on medication for multiple years, like, to just really help at least remove some of the physical things that I was feeling, um, which allowed me to start really focus on, like, what is it about my my mental reactions to situations that are causing me to feel this way. 
I needed to work on, work on my thinking. So I started using these two verses to, that really helped me ground myself whenever I would start to feel myself mentally spiral. The first one uh, would be 1 Peter um, chapter 5, verses 9 and 11. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Mm. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by, by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Mm. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So that's the first one that I want to share. But what that one really helped for me, like he's talking about like Christians being persecuted for their faith. But I think the principle that's being espoused there can be applied in a much broader sense. The same sufferings that you're experiencing now have been experienced by somewhere at some point in time by, by a follower of Jesus. And if, if Christ saw them through it, then he will see you through it too. Mm. That really helped put my stuff in perspective because it felt whenever I was first experiencing those things, it felt like I was the only one that had ever experienced something like this. So it removed it from the what's wrong with me to this is something that a whole lot of people experience and go through. The, the second one was second Corinthians 10, five. And I would write, I wrote these down and I would keep them in my wallet and I would, or I would have them as a screensaver on my phone. So whenever I would start to experience in something, experience something, I could go back and read them and get myself regrounded. That's smart. Um, but the second one, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We don't, for me, that was like, okay, I don't have to be controlled by what I'm thinking or experiencing. Yeah. Like, I can act in spite of it. Yeah. And so, like, whenever I would couple those two things together, it was just extremely helpful to remind myself. But... I want to reiterate, I also went on medicine for multiple <laughs> years because it's okay. Yeah. So if you've got any preconceived notion or bias or think like, you know, hey, like medicine's bad. No, medicine is okay. Like yeah. you can go and get medicine. So I needed it and I wouldn't think twice about going on it if, again if I ever thought I needed to. Yeah. I kind of accidentally landed with a, a medication that ended up helping my anxiety. So I, I had a... Um, had an appointment like a wa- quite a while ago and I had waited forever to be able to get in for um, a neuro eval mm. and part of that experience I think made me realize like just how weird the things that I was nervous about <laughs> were because it would be like the instructor leaving the room like for a portion of time and like leaving me to complete the test I was being tested for um ADHD and I (laughs) I left with a whole lot more on that list (laughs) anyways so they would like leave the room and I'm like I'm by myself in a safe environment doing something that I chose to do I want to do the person is nice why am I still spiraling Mm -hmm. and out of that I I got um I got like the results back of my like anxiety being I think they said moderate and my depression being like low mild Mm -hmm. and but for some reason I was just like I'm not anxious (laughs) I don't know I don't know why I didn't I chose not to do anything about it then 
but I had last year I, I really really struggled and hit a really a really hard patch of depression and I ended up going on antidepressants for the first time and the type of antidepressant that I'm on also um, has a great effect on my anti-anxiety um, inner calm so uh, medicine is great even if you end up on it accidentally <laughs> so I um, that's that's helped in in the way that I kind of control things um, I think my number one step is always to just try and identify what am I actually feeling mm-hmm. um, so I, I really rely on um, the uh, the wheel of emotions which if you if you just google wheel of emotions you'll see a million mm-hmm. different examples um, there is one uh, that I have I don't I, I wouldn't know how to say what version of it it is but it's on a sticker that's big enough for me to be able to see everything and I have it um, it's now in my notebook which I have talked about here before um, and I just I carry it around with me because I, I really struggle to even acknowledge that I am having emotions in the first place and then identifying what they are yes so being able to kind of go through and say um like narrow down what like anxiety is a very broad term but you can narrow it down a little bit I think will kind of help me figure out if there's something under the surface that I can cope with um and and if it's not if it's just I just am anxious and it's non-situational um I I do have to kind of go through the elimination of have yeah. I eaten food? Have I drank water? Yeah. Have I um, drank too much caffeine? Because that can also kind of tip me over into feeling anxious about nothing. I, I get I, like mega, mega jittery. Yeah. And that can sometimes make me wonder like, okay, what exactly, what exactly is happening in me at the moment? Yeah. And sometimes I'm not anxious when I drink too much caffeine. Sometimes it does make me anxious. It's just I have to slow down enough to identify what I'm actually feeling. Um, And then having like a routine does really help me. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that I got to leave that appointment with is a diagnosis of ASD, which um, is, it means I'm on the spectrum. So um, I get to figure out the way that my brain works, which I think everybody, everybody's brain works in a unique way. But I feel like folks who are um, diagnosed neurodivergent have the benefit of being told their brain is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So they give themselves that allowance of, okay, how does it work for me? I think it's something that everybody should be doing is learning the ins and outs of their brain enough. Get to know yourself. Like, you're worth the time. (laughs) Something that you mentioned really jumped out because I – Whenever I mentioned how I do the God I feel statements. Yeah. But sometimes if I'm feeling some sort of way but I don't really know why – It'll be like, God, I feel X, and I don't really know what's going on, but here are the things that are happening right now. But just the fact that whenever I verbalize it and I put it out, yeah. and I'm talking out loud that way, it just gets it out of me. Yeah, It really helps me lean into cast all your anxieties onto him because he cares for you. Yeah, like, And so it just helps me to visualize myself doing that because I'm literally just spouting them off <laughs> into, cool. the, into the ether. I like that. I might have to try that sometime. That huh. one you can put in your pocket and take with you. 
Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, I I kind of lean on um, breath prayers sometimes, too. Um, So even though this statement is like the breath prayer that I've had on repeat lately, even though it doesn't necessarily address anxiety specifically, I know I've mentioned it before, but um, while you breathe in, you are saying to yourself, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm. And then as you breathe out, you're saying, I have all that I need. And I think it's just that. Um, I think it's probably a version of that, of like turning and recognizing that like I don't have to make the decisions. Like he's he's leading me. Mm -hmm. He's got it. I'm just going to acknowledge the fact that I'm under his care and that that can help. Um, It again all depends on the situation that I'm going through. But sticking to my routine, um, professional help. Amazing. like those, those are the biggest things, and then um, coping ahead. Oh, what is that one? I didn't know it was a thing <laughs> until my therapist told me about it, and it's the simplest, it's the simplest concept ever. But basically, he told me think through, like, okay, you're worried about worst case scenario. Think about it. Yeah. What if it happens? What then? What are you gonna do? You like let you just let yourself mentally think. How would I cope with the worst case scenario? Because I think a lot of times my anxiety, when it is situational, it's so focused in um, what, what if, what could happen, that if I mentally put myself in the place of bad thing happened, yeah. <laughs> bad thing happened, what do now? <laughs> <laughs> then I like actually. Bad thing happened, what do now? <laughs> yeah, then I go into problem solving That's mode. a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a sticker for your computer. <laughs> uh, thank you. I'm really funny. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> coping ahead. Like, put yourself in that situation. Let yourself cope with worst case scenario. Because yeah. your brain wants to go into problem solving mode for yeah. a reason. Let it problem solve. And then, you know, it might help and it might not. But it's it's worked for me in... Um, like the big picture anxiety of like, I don't know what the next five years is going to look like. Mm. Okay, so worst case scenario, my car breaks down, my house catches on fire, I lose my job, I have no money, what's going to happen? I still got God. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, it's still, like, there's yes. tough things ahead, but... It lets me put myself in that place and, and say, actually, I am capable of figuring that out because I figured out a lot of other things before. There's something called, I want to say, I, I might get it wrong, like acceptance. Oh, what is it? It's like acceptance. Uh, it's, the, it's, it, it's in the same vein as like cognitive behavioral therapy, but it's like an offshoot of it, like acceptance therapy. I don't know. So that where you like, you kind of go on the outs, like you kind of look at it from the outside, kind of like hmm. what you just did. What you just kind of described, okay, so five years from now, like instead of spiraling inside of your mind, put yourself at like a 30,000 foot, like third person view of yourself Hmm. and then just kind of look at like, okay, and then just kind of problem solve, give yourself a space to like look at it and do it, accept whatever might come mentally inside yourself. And then just say, okay, and then you just keep moving forward. Oh. Is it ACT? Yes. Acceptance and commitment therapy? Yes. Ah. That's kind of what it made me yeah. think about whenever you were yeah, mentioning that. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. That sounds super interesting. Now, I could be way off, but that's kind of sounded like what yeah. you were just mentioning. Well, if coping ahead of, is a version of that, then that might be a good new tool for me. So, yeah, yeah having tools, 
great. Yes. <laughs> Having professional help, great. Emotional, uh, the emotions wheel in particular has been super helpful for me. But, but being able to do that even if, because that, that's kind of like what you're doing from, yeah. you know, I think it's Daniel 4, like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even if God does, like, God's capable of saving me through this thing, but even if he doesn't, I'm still going to be okay. Yeah. Obje- so. Like, objectively speaking, because of my beliefs <laughs> and my faith in who God is and what he's yes. done for me, worst case scenario, I go to heaven. Like, and what am I, I worried about? <laughs> like, being able to say, like, I will still be fine. Because, like, my breath prayer is usually, like, God brought me here. He will see me through. Yeah. And to to be as a disclaimer that it can, I feel like what I, I just said can feel like it's minimizing anxiety. In the moment or people who are dealing with chronic anxiety that is heavy, um, like debilitating, in uh, ever present in their life, yeah. um, thinking through worst case scenario might not be helpful mm. for you. However... If you are talking to a professional and they and they seem like yeah. this strategy might work for you, then it, it might work. And but it's, and we it's are all not about, professionals. And it's all about finding out what it what it works what it looks like for you, and then yeah. what works for you. Like yeah. for me, it was a combination of medicine, counseling, and a heavy reliance on my faith. Yeah, like it was a three pronged attack for me to be able to get through it because there was a long period of time where I couldn't I physically would get sick at the thought of going to the grocery store. Mm. Like and so I had to get like on medicine, start working through my faith and then eventually got to where, okay, well, now I can go talk to somebody because now I'm not crippled to the point (laughs) to where I can't go actually talk about what's going on. And I wouldn't have had a vocabulary or a, a, a starting point to do that from. Had I not done the other things first. I think that I've had like a kind of a similar experience, but I don't know. I think I've I've had I've had like this very narrow range where I'm actually able to figure out and address things as an adult, which is like it's a great starting place. So like you said, you referenced um, that you really started experiencing an issue with anxiety when you were in your mid 20s. Yeah. So I and I feel like that's. Again, could be wrong, not a professional. I feel like that's a common thing that I hear from men. Um, I think I think because of when our brains finish developing, a lot of psychological um, problems, whether they are like genetic or they're you're kind of experiencing them because you've got walked through life, they can show up in your mid-20s. Yeah. Well, I mean, mine was unpacking a lot of undealt with stuff from yeah. whenever I was a kid that I didn't really recognize until I was further down the road. And then not having a vocabulary to describe what I was feeling. Like, yeah. if you don't have words to, like, name things with, like, they it they just exist in you, but you don't know what to do with them until you reach some sort of mental break, which is yeah. what, you know, what I experienced. And then it was like, okay, so now what do I do with this from here? Yeah. I, I think that because I've heard so many different people experience similar things where all of a sudden they hit, like, true adulthood for lack of a better word mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're facing things that they they haven't put words to they haven't understood before but now they're figuring out how to how to deal with it as an adult i, I feel like it almost it makes sense to even if you're not currently struggling with anxiety explore some of the tools and yes. options yeah. like because you never know when something might pop up and um you gotta pull a tool out of your yes. back pocket or connect with a friend who needs some help and you have 
um, summer purchase. Yeah. I think, you know, there's still, I think it, I think it's true that a certain kind of stigma still exists around yes. this yeah. topic, right? Especially so, for men. Yes, yeah. for sure. And so I think it's, it's common for people to think like, I don't even want to think about this because if, if this is something I struggle with, then I'm weird or, yeah. uh, you know, something's wrong with me. Things, lo- yes. things along those lines. And like, I think if there's one thing that I could say, that's not true. You're not weird. There's nothing wrong with yeah. you. If anything, you're doing the best thing you can, which is you're identifying, okay, or you're even just exploring. Maybe this is something I struggle with. Let me see what I can find out and let me see what I can put in place to cope with that and what like works half for the me. battle is yes. just acknowledging that it's there. Yeah. Yes. The worst thing you can do is nothing <laughs> to, about it, you know? So, yeah. Mm. You know, I work with students here at our church and part of the process of this becoming real for me was seeing how much they deal with it mm. because teenagers, man, they deal with this stuff like crazy, like yeah. crazy. So, yeah. yeah. And the first time that I heard our senior pastor, Brian, Hughes <laughs> talk about it from the platform, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like some of his struggles and, and battles with it. And it made me feel a whole lot better about, it made me feel valid in like what I was feeling and what I was going through. And it really helped me to start taking next steps to addressing what it was. I was exactly like what I was experiencing. Yeah. I just kind of assumed I, it was, it's always been present in my life. And so I kind of just assumed that was most people's um, interactions with like anxiety. I just kind of thought my baseline was kind of like my, my mom wondering why I was freaking out. <laughs> like I, just, I thought that, that I thought that was my normal. And so it's interesting for me to hear that there's so many different experiences, even if you know that it's true, like listening to people's individual stories can have like such a positive effect yes. on your relationship with your brain and giving yourself space and also being able to be present for people in all different kinds of, of life stages. Yeah. All right. So to wrap up, medicine is okay like talking about it with someone's okay mm-hmm. relying on your faith okay yep and then if bad mm-hmm. happened what do good what was that <laughs> bad thing happened what do now something yes. like that yeah <laughs> tools oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Tools good. Yes. <laughs> well we hope that this has been helpful for everybody uh watching us and uh, leave us a review Find us in our Facebook group, and if you do leave us a review and we read it, we got a mug that'll come your way, and uh, we'll see you guys back here next week for another episode of The After Chat. Thanks for joining us for The After Chat. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To be the first to hear our next episode, Be sure to hit the subscribe button and get notifications for new content. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at PCC Wired and Facebook at Passion Community Church. For additional resources and links, check out the description. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on The After Chat.